You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast for season 11, episode 50, the half century, what and more like last day of February, though this won't be out till March, so... Hi, there we go. Uh, I'm John, and joined by Jeff. How you doing? Yeah, right, mate. Not too bad yourself. Yeah, I'm all right. Aye, I was saying before the podcast, I almost fell asleep earlier. Um, Aye, this is like the worst intro ever because uh, we've been chatting for like t- ten minutes prior to this bit. So, <laughs> yeah, just for yeah. listeners' sake, we're talking to each other. <laughs> I don't know why I was so tired, but um, I don't know. I'm here anyway. Um, Josh, how you doing? Good evening, mate. How are you? Aye, all right, aye. Enjoy uh, Saturday? Uh, no, um, I, I mean, it was all right. I enjoyed I enjoyed getting a couple of beers with yourself um, and I enjoyed the second half of the game on Saturday, but um, obviously the, the damage was done in the first half. So, um, But aye, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed Saturday night as well. The, the boxing went basically exactly as, as I probably could have wanted it to. Uh, Josh Taylor still won, uh, but he got a right kicking, uh, and that was me pretty satisfied with that because he, he's he's kind of um, he's kind of you know personal rants and things like that on Twitter over the past year have been absolutely deplorable. Um, but I'm still happy that we've we've got a Scottish world champion. So, aye, Saturday was good. You are going to need to clear up that you see what that junior football game because people aren't going to clue. Aye. Oh, right, aye. <laughs> right, I'm going to give you the story. I'm going to give you the story before John does. <laughs> oh, you're going to give you're you're your version? You're going to get his version of it, mate. Uh, <laughs> so it was uh, Auckland Lake Talbot versus Irvine Meadow at the weekend, and it was a league fixture. It was the away leg. Oh, it was, oh, was, well, was the away leg. Um, it was the away um, fixture for us, anyway. And uh, Talbot ran out 2 1 winners. Uh, they went 2 0 up within 20 minutes. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty poor first half for my team. And uh, but second half was totally different. We were far, far better in the second half. Um, made it two one. Probably could I felt we probably done enough in the second half to take a point out of it. But you know, when you're up against a team like Talbot, it's no. Um, sometimes that's just no possible if you let in two in the first half. You know. So, um, but through my sorrows that night. There was a pick out moment as well. Your goal was a cracker. Mate, mate, that was a perler, wasn't it? It was one of those, as soon as he had it, you knew it was in. Aye, it was an absolute perler. Um, did you get a pie? Actually. Josh. Yes. What one? What one? Like steak pie, mince pie, what'd you go for? Oh, no, I, oh, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get a pie, uh, the football. No, I'm no giving my money to your club. <laughs> no way, no way, Jose. I mean, I'll, I'll drink your beer. I'll drink your beer, ah, but I'll drink a beer. Who eating your eating your uh, pashy Talbot pies? Oh, you must. Know. The steak pie, the steak pie, it was tremendous. Ten out of ten. <laughs> ten out of ten. Um, right, I think I get John. Other John told me off for like taking about nine minutes to introduce the guest a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm not quite here yet. So, Kyle, how you doing? Good evening. Good evening. I'm all right. I thought you were going for a wee. What was it? Uh, Spar- Emery. 
Good evening. Remember? Yeah. Yes. Good evening and welcome to the character. <laughs> How you getting on? You good? Eh, eh, eh. Oh, good. Last time we uh, spoke on the podcast, Jim Goodwin was still your manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know you're manager. I is, I. Oh, we're delighted. And I hope you keep him as well as we kick him. Oh, we will, we will. He suits, he suits the, the badge already. Looks good, looks apart, talks apart. So Both delusional. Just a few wins, a few wins required in that battle for fourth place at now Ross County that he was involved with as well after the weekend. Yeah. So, exciting times. Yeah. If you, is, that, is that Robinson's just you're drinking, Kyle? I call you a wee man, Oh, I thought you were happy though with the appointment. Yes, yeah, yeah. Aye, we'll maybe come on to it. We'll maybe come on to it as we go. No, um, no, no. <laughs> no, we will. No. We will. We will. Even if you you don't want to talk about it, the rest of us, will. So you may as well get your top into it. Um, so we've got a guest on from Two Clubs One Love, uh, Martin. How are you doing? Not bad, Chase, not bad. Um, like I said to you before, um, yeah, that's me off now for 11 days, so uh, looking forward to getting a, a stab doing in Newcastle. Um, more importantly, though, my uh, two teams are unbeaten, or should I say three teams, because the ladies uh, also sneaked the draw at the weekend for Kelly. So, yeah. But um, hard times being a, a shrew's been a Kilmarnock fan at the minute. But someone has to. Well, at least Kelly, I've got a wee kind of change in fortune in terms of our growth of starting to slip up a wee bit. Wraith Rovers are doing awful. Wraith Rovers like, things. Um, <laughs> um, and you've got yeah, no, to, be, to, to, to be fair, right, I've said it before, I think I said it to the other week, Jeff. Uh, you know, when uh, we got McInnes, it was like a bit of a shock, um, to be honest. Um we're sort of blowing the budget really and we need to get promoted I think because yeah we've we've sort of gone all gung-ho uh, for this promotion but I think um, our growth have started to slip up slightly I think the cup run they had was good and um, I think the pressure of not being there maybe um, you know at the top of the and everyone's talking about them I don't know I just feel as though that we might get over the line just but it will be a battle um, and we've got our growth to play in our last home game so that will be a, a decider. But we can't rule out Partick as well. And they're playing our roof <laughs> tomorrow. So that'll be interesting. Aye, um, one so of yeah. the three games in hand, isn't it? That Partick play tomorrow. Uh, I thought they'd get from a shit pitch. Yeah. But to, to be to be fair, though, um, you know, the, the, the ground's awful. Um, I mean, if I, was a, if I was a cow in a field and I seen that pitch, I'd be walking away. <laughs> It's terrible. Though some but, some would say at least it's a grass pitch, but maybe barely. that's well, maybe that's the then, reason for having an artificial surface when you see the condition. But then, to be fair, the reason for that, is, I mean, it's more, to be fair, a lot of people slag that off. Now. It's a it's a running thing, um, but it does offer a lot of stuff for the community in in, in, in that. So it's a seven day week pitch. It's not just for the killer. 
um, football team. It's also for walking football, kids with disabilities and stuff like that and families. So there's a lot more to it that it sort of gives opportunities for. And the way I look at it is, is every footballer trains on it. Every footballer's played on that type of pitch. So there's no excuses when it comes to that. I just think it's a bit of a, an excuse when people lose um, or they get an injury, but it's just what it is. But yeah, there's that argument they shouldn't have them. Um, to be honest, if I'm honest opinion, I prefer grass um, as well. Um, it is a bit frustrating sometimes, but it is what it is. I think the point you make as well about the training facilities, most clubs, as you say, train on them. So if players are going to get injured, then they're going to get injured in training just as much as they get injured in a game. So I don't really buy that. It's because I like you get more injuries. I mean, has someone actually done any kind of actual statistical evidence to prove that? Probably not. They're just saying it just to. Well, well, I think, I think, I think, John, that the the statistical. I mean, from what I've heard, I think the statistical evidence is that there aren't any that more injuries on Astro. Uh, than than there are in grass, but if you ask any fan what they like watching football on, most you know ninety five percent of fans will say that they like uh, watching football on grass, and ninety five percent of players will say that they like playing football on grass. So um, that's probably my biggest one is that I just I hate watching football on Astro. It just hurts my eyes. The reason for it. The reason for it, though, was due to the fact that it, it, the, the undersoil heating um, came on in the early hours of the morning and it woke up the... Because obviously Kilmarnock's right in the middle of our, you know, houses all the way around it. So um, that's what I believe, the reason why they changed it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I moved up here in 2012, so I've seen the grass for a bit and then obviously it changed since then. But I've got to be honest, like I say, I prefer grass. Um, you know, I've played on it, watched on it. Shrewsbury Town, they had the the most awkward uh, pitch before they moved to a new stadium, um, and everyone hated coming to it um, because of the state of the pitch. But it, you know, it was our pitch, and we knew how to play on it. Right, let's get this survey going. Kyle, can you confirm or deny? Give us an exclusive. Did you do your hamstring on a grass pitch or an artificial pitch? Okay, I hope you went end up to any funny business when you did your hamstring. No, wait, see, wait, can you? I won't came before I get anywhere near the football pit. Aye. Hopefully it's better soon anyway. That's been a few weeks. Um, so, we need to ask then, Martin, how do you end up coming to support Kilmarnock being from, well, a Shrewsbury fan originally? Yeah, so, um, yeah, originally from Shrewsbury. Well, I was actually born in Ipswich. Uh, Dad moved around in the RAF and that, so I actually... Was in Shropshire from the age of 10, and that's when I fell in love with Shrewsbury, really. And then I met my wife in uh, Tenerife, um, who was Scottish. Um, so decided to take the plunge up here and uh, didn't look back, really. And her dad's a Kelly fan, he's from Kilmarnock. Um, in the first two games, funnily enough, was the semi final at Hamden against her, and then the. Cup Wasn't that a game? 
I was at that game as well, actually. <laughs> I was I was in the air end with my family. I was in the Kelly end. <laughs> and then uh the second the second one was when we beat Celtic and uh, I thought this was brilliant. So I thought who were Rangers, you know, um who were Celtic and that's the Kelly. But no, Kelly was just sort of um where where her dad and that followed. So it only made sense and I moved to Kilmarnock as well. So they always say follow their home team and, and that's what I've done. Aye. The least surprising part of that story is that someone from Ayrshire went on holiday in Tenerife. <laughs> Craig Tanner. Craig <laughs> <laughs> Tanner, mate. <laughs> Mind you, no, it's no, do you know get direct flights for Presswick to Tenerife? Do you yeah. Presswick to Craig Tanner? <laughs> yeah, fair. You've had a fair few rockets down that road. <laughs> fair that. Right, actually, seeing as we're talking about Kamara, we will talk about them more, right? I'm going to go earlier on one of the questions. So the other John has asked, and this can be during your time of support and come on and beyond that. Who are your top five favourite foreign players to play for Kilmarnock? Play for Kilmarnock, well, be a controversial one because of how he left, but Malumbu was just phenomenal in his first period, like um, under Clark. He was like the heartbeat in the midfield. Everything sort of went, went, went through him. And in his first sort of spell uh, before he went to Celtic, he was just, yeah, it was phenomenal. So unplayable at times. Probably the best midfielder in the league at one point. Um, so yeah, for him, it would have been him. Um, foreigners. Suppose what, what, you, what you're treating as a foreigner, John? Well, yeah. it was other John's question. I suppose you could call it anyone outside the UK if you're struggling for numbers in terms of... There's a few I can think of, but it depends since 2012. There's maybe not been as many foreigners. Well, to, well, to, be, to be fair, to be fair, the one the one I did like was Pascali as well, proper yeah. leader. Like he was still there. You kind of, you kind of, you know, he, his his passion for the club even now on Twitter. He's like, you know, the Ayrshire derbies and that, and you know, he's always putting tweets up about Kelly. He's always getting dressed up in his Kelly kit in Italy, and you know, he's got his kids with him. And that, I mean, obviously, that's just a, you know, he's taking Kilmarnock with him, and it's his sort of set, his team. Um, so yeah, very very good player. Um, very sort of led by example as well. So another good leader. Um, I think he went up no, manager one day at Kilmarnock actually. What's that? I think Pascali went up manager at Kilmarnock one day. You know what? There's people. So I I reckon they will. He's 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 still playing at the minute, believe it or not. But yeah, he, he's he's got. I don't I don't see. I, he definitely would come at some point. I'd love it. Um, it'd be great. But the only thing with that is they, they always say about legends not ruining their status as a player and it can all go wrong as a manager. So that's not Mark, Mark, Mark McGee. <laughs> <laughs> um I Mark McGee throwing people's uh, phones out the way. That was interesting. <laughs> oh we'll cover that. Don't worry about that. We'll cover that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> let's not worry about that. Je- Jeff <laughs> Jeff Robin his thighs at this oh, uh, Mark McGee basically. <laughs> Buzzing for this. Like a Cheshire cat sitting there. <laughs> it's so rubbing his hands. Actually, rubbing his hands together. I've, uh, I've texted him. Mate, man, he's a Dundee fan. Oh, they giving him shit for this. So, uh, um, we'll get we'll another Mark's question. <laughs> another, another one I liked was uh, Kulabai. Now he was only with us for a, a short time, uh, but in that short time, he, he just scored unbelievable goals out of nowhere. He didn't have a right to score the goals. Um, and and it wasn't a fluke. I mean, you know, he just had the acrobatic skills, and it's a shame, really, that he left when he did. Obviously, we got good money for him, but um, yeah, it'd have been good to see him have a season at Kilmarnock. I reckon, I reckon we would have 
done even better. Uh, the highlight of the time there, I think he scored an, an acrobatic goal at Inverness, um, and then the Celtic goal was outrageous. <laughs> that's that's that Celtic goal, Martin. Uh, that that honestly sticks out for me as one of the great sco- goal, goals I've ever seen in Scottish um, football. It felt like, and and maybe it's one of these things that I'm just you know um, making it on my head because I, I haven't watched it for a while. But it actually felt like it was like near the halfway line. He shot from. Oh, it was. No, he, oh, he, was. He, he, he got he got the ball. He got the ball. Spanned the player, and he just it wasn't like hit and hope. He looked up and he just went bang, and he just he. Just, I think Craig Gordon, and he's not exactly sure. <laughs> you know, so to to lob it over him as well. Um, it was unbelievable. Like and. Yeah, definitely the best goal I've seen in a mm. um, so. What's that? Sorry. I think it was Guy Gavish and Oh, oh, oh Gordon, I, I Gordon. Do, no, Do, Doris De Vries. I the... Oh, oh, was it Doris De Vries? Oh, he's tall as well. He's quite tall. But... <laughs> uh, uh, whoever it was, I bet. I'm just trying to think of other foreigners, really, because the players I like are all sort of. I've I've got I've got one for you, Martin. That you've no thought, you've no oh, thought, oh I, hang on, no 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 uh, no no. He came back for a second spell. Aramenko. How can I forget? Uh, that's what I was going to say. It's got to see you. Cut yourself. He, see, <laughs> I see see him as well. He was a player that, like, on his day, like, he just pulled some out. You know, you know when you like, you need someone to pull the game by the scruff of the neck. And you really are in a hole, like, and he could do that. Like a piece of magic, like, you'd be losing 1-0 or something. Like, and he'll just pull on the piece of magic, pull in a pass, and then before you know it, that player's in and you're back in the game and you don't even deserve it. And he had, he had that sort of touch about him. He was yeah, he was a special player. And uh, I, I, it, was a, it, was, it was a bit of a shame, really, because I only got to see the second sort of part of him, not the first part. But from what I've watched and... You know, clips and that from when he was first at Cali, yeah, what, what a player he was um, as well. So that was another one. I'm trying to think of goalkeepers, to be fair. Now, probably um, Daniel Bachman for me, because, I mean, he actually didn't start the season, believe it or not. It was actually Jamie McDonald who was kept keeping the ball. Um, and then he got dropped and then Bachman came in and we're like, well, you know, what's he going to be like? But my God, he was he was good. Um, kept us in games, and yeah, no, he was he was another reason why we finished third that year as well. So yeah, Bachman, Elamenko, Pascali, Koulibaly, and Malumbu. Malumbu, they're my top five. That could be a five. That could be another five a side team. No bad five a side team. That yeah, actually. Like the fact you went for the goalkeeper, you play fives a lot. <laughs> Most of us would have mugged that right off. I just go for strikers, mate. Let's go for strikers. Defenders <laughs> just a theory. <laughs> to be yeah. fair, that 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 uh, goal that you brought up, I think that was the same as using Kieran Tierney scored that absolute screamer against Kiddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was uh, they were two of the best goals I've seen in my for a while. That way, except for all the ones against Dundee on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Does anyone know where Kulabali's playing now? He's in France, I think. Yeah, I had to Google it, and it said he's playing in Tunisia. Oh, Tunisia! Oh God, he gets him out, doesn't he? Um, but then that was going by Wikipedia. Usually, I'm be able to go by transfer market, but it said he's been in Tunisia for the last three years. Oh, 
Uh, but where's his registration? I thought. I think. Uh, on, on the front I think, of his car. <laughs> I, think <the> president, <laughs> I think the president of Egypt is still looking for money off him, isn't there? Uh, no, he might be playing in Tunisia. It doesn't mean his registration with FIFA is in Tunisia at all. It could be anyone. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, right? He, I'm sure this must have been about maybe three years ago. I'm sure he came back to Kelly for a bit and he was playing for Helford. Might be wrong. I think I'd heard that. Aye. That that would not actually. I think I've heard that. at all. That he was, I'm sure he was playing for Elford for a bit, training or playing with him or something. Was that I've not when that. he was trying to? Was that not when he was signed by Partick in theory, and then Partick couldn't aye. get the registration for him, and he just sort of he was staying. He was staying back in Kitty, but he was he was yeah, he was definitely playing for someone. He just wasn't. Being... Like, no, this this was that this was it, right? So I was um, at the time I was a, a store manager at Palmland in Kilmarnock. Uh, before I left retail, and he popped in one day, and I was just chatting to him, and that was when he was back in Kelly. And I was like, "God, what a bit of a downgrade from a million pound move to Egypt to shopping in Palmland." <laughs> Who was your favourite customer then? I would, like, did a few like one at first come in or just him? Or was it anyone off the scheme? Um, I, I probably well, I seen Marvin a few times. Uh, he's uh, he brought his he's brought his bike in the shop once, and I was like, ah, "Get out." <laughs> kind of bring that in here, honestly. But um I he's, to be honest, like see the see see them a lot, they're just they're, they're harmless to be fair. They're, they're, um, I've got I shouldn't really say it, but I work for the bank now, so uh, there's a few people I've spoken to. Um uh famous people. Mikhail Silvestro was one of them. Mikhail Silvestro, eh? I'd drop it name dropping, getting the name <laughs> dropping right? yeah. Okay, Mikhail, okay, right. Mikhel Sylvester. The worst the worst one I had was Lee Cartamol. He was so arrogant on the phone and I just wanted to was put he? a fan down on him. I was like, how many bookings have we got? Failed security. Bye. <laughs> 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 uh, he was he was an idiot. Lee uh, Cartamol. John, have I have I ever told you my, my Danny Drinkwater story? Is that another, you got, the, you got another, a few of them about another, to be fair. Another footballer story. Right. So see one time, right? I was uh, I was actually at a meta game, right? And my phone goes, right? And I picks up my phone and I says, right, hello. And it's this English lassie. And she says, uh, hello. Um and, no, actually, because it came up, it came up my phone Manchester. See that way it does when it's a, an unknown number. Right, okay. Uh, so it came up to Manchester. This is when he was, he was at Manchester City, right? And, uh, and, and, and it goes, hello. And I'm like, all right. But, and she, she's going, uh, is that Mr. Drink, Mr. Drinkwater? And I'm going, no, what? Drinkwater, right? <laughs> 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 uh, you, you, if it was drink beer, you'd have been like, aye, aye, aye. Drink beer, aye. No, she's aye, going, me. Mr. Drinkwater... Um, and I'm going. I'm going. No, this this is not Daniel Drinkwater, right? And uh, turn then, like I was like, what? Sorry, what is this all about? And, and she's going on about um, how it's like some sort of cleaning company for like, a Range Rover or something. I've got you. She's going. I've got your Range Rover and all this. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm not, I'm not Daniel Drinkwater, right? So can you return my car though? To- <laughs> <laughs> let's let's look at the facts, right? Let's look at the facts, right? We had a lassie from Manchester phoning me, right, on no number, um, saying, is Daniel, is Daniel Drinkwater there? This is when he was at Manchester City, right? And wanting to give me the Range Rover or whatever, right? So he, he must, his phone number 
must be like one digit out for mine or something like that. So I've been trying to figure out if, how long it would take me to get his number to do a prank on him. I mean, it's not really a prank if it's that sad that you've managed to go through the entire entire phone number set up. <laughs> we. <laughs> I mean, I'm calls. so close, I'm so close. <laughs> you got unlimited calls. You could just like, just work it out. It might take a bit of time, but I don't take up a few things. But, you know. That, that, that reminds me of that Mr. Bean holiday film I was watching Aye. my daughter the other week, <laughs> writing the numbers down. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so there goes what... There goes what we're doing when we go in the podcast podcast day out. We're just going to try and work out what Danny Drinkwater's number is. Yes. Yes. And if we do, we're asking him if he can buy us around. <laughs> I mean... But not, I, not, I, I not around know. the water. I don't, I don't know if you really want to ask Danny Drinkwater if you want to buy you anything in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be as fun as you think. Also asking how Redding's going with Alex Ray. That'd be a fun conversation now. I imagine him and Alex Ray have got a lot in common. Is he at is he, uh, is he, um, Reading and all? Yeah, yeah, he's at Reading and all. Yeah. Like Paul Lynch, is a, he's, I, I got, his son got him the job. <clears throat> Must be. Aye, that's a new one, isn't yeah. it? My son got me the job as opposed to my dad got me the job. That's <laughs> nepotism. But he's, he's only um, interim, in a, I thought this was dead weird. Interim. Uh, first team manager no, I, I, so Alec, Alec Ray is, is the interim assistant manager normally like an interim manager is the guy that you put in while you're doing your manager search am, am I going after something yeah the unfortunate thing is though Alex Ray is still on BT Sport on Thursday so do you need to give him give him a permanent so that we can uh, escape that good right. Kyle why are you swagging my phone book? Why am I swaggering about your phone book? Danny Drinkwater's just rang him. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> I'm calling the Alex Ray. Oh, oh you, you, you can Alex Ray's number, I know, eh? Oh, can I borrow it? Yeah. Have you been out with, number? I hope you've not been out on a night out with Alex Ray. Then I want a camera. What have you? That's nice. How are you doing? All right. Was he all right with you? I've met him, I know. He's I'll actually, I mean, for, for, for a, I mean, he is actually, you know, he is actually a very nice guy, to be fair. I've met him, I've, I've met, he played a couple of charity games and that down in Ardrin, and I've met him, he's a very nice guy, just a, you know, a great pundit. <laughs> Um, I did that. Chris Boyd's face makes up it when it's a bad result. Uh, like a head blue, like his bloom was going to bust. His head, honestly, he's he goes from like Greek and to, um, I mean, I thought he was going to leave the Sky Studios at Dortmund the other night. <laughs> <laughs> he, he like kept on talking louder and louder and louder. It was like he was going to combust. I, I, I thought I was like, bye bye, see you later. <laughs> Uh, he's uh, grinning like a Cheshire cat and then the next minute greeting. I, I actually thought it was quite ironic that Motherwell got a draw. I thought it was quite funny. Oh, that's nothing better. Not Motherwell or Jordan. No one, no, no one cares for that. But I mean, the old film, I, like, I was listening to uh, Clyde one and uh, they were going on there about Motherwell going to get done for in at half time. <laughs> and then 
it ends up being 2-2 and you listen to backtrack like yeah I could see that coming I could see that coming I know you could shut up (laughs) (laughs) who are you trying to kid on well, I've been speaking to Andy that was on the Premiership podcast and on Sunday and he was like, we're getting gobbed, we're getting gobbed. I said, I reckon you could get us out. You never know. And he was like, no, getting gobbed, getting gobbed. And then end of the game, he was delighted, obviously. It was it 30 chances all Rangers had? I know maybe there wasn't 30 clear-cut chances, but still, that's been the story as Rangers this season in terms of creating a lot of chances and not being clinical enough. I, I mean, look, I, I, you know, I, I've been... So so searching about this for the past twenty four hours odd. Um, <laughs> you don't. You've got, I've got to say, it feels right, and I wouldn't. It feel. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that that this is Celtic are going to win the title, right? But but it feels like that yesterday is going to be a definitive. If if God forbid if Celtic go on and win the title, um, I feel like yesterday is going to be a definitive moment. You don't win titles by collapsing two 0 at home in Motherwell like that if you're if you're Glasgow Rangers, you know. Um, and the f- first goal should have been dealt with. I don't know Lundstrom at centre back in a two. Do you know? I mean, it against Dortmund he dropped in and, and played as more of a kind of sweeper. Um, on Thursday night and he was really good but I, I don't know you know um, and the second goal oh god it's just a calamity I don't, I don't know where for some weird reason this season it feels as if we've just it's almost as if we won the title last season we reached for a lot of the players they reached the mountaintop you know um, and you know they felt like right well that's us Goldson hasn't been it's a shadow of the player he was last season um, Tavernier isn't as good defensively still putting in a shift going forward but he was much better defensively last season um, Barisic God some, I, how and this is this is why football is the best sport in the world because he is a he's a top top left back he's a absolutely top he's probably one of the best left backs in the country um, but suddenly he's just anonymous and, and I don't know what it is it's nothing to do with Gio's with Gio's tactics because he was doing fine when Gio came in. It's just since the turn of the year he's fell off a cliff. Um, no, I just said, you know what? Do you know what I think it is? I think it's not nothing to do. I just think it's down to uh, fans being back in grounds and the pressure because you've got to think about it. Rangers went to games last season with no pressure, with no fans behind them. Yeah, the fans are watching from indoors and whatever, but they didn't have that pressure every week of fans and that, and now they've won the title. They've got that pressure on to do it again, and and maybe when you you know get a bit complacent in games, you know, especially after that game against Dortmund, it's quite draining. Mm-hmm. The atmosphere, not not the not the physicality of it, but just the, the atmosphere was draining. So maybe it was out too much of an ask, uh, you know, for the same players. Did he change it around much? You know, did he make changes? Uh, Few changes, wasn't there? Yeah, well, well, I mean, he dropped. He started Lundstrom at centre back, um, and just trying to think through the team. I uh, brought Clint Kamara, didn't he? And he dropped. Yeah, Kamara came in. I say uh, dropped. Yeah, Kamara. Brian Jackson come back. He, he, like last week. Yeah, and, and, <coughs> yeah even Glenn, even Glenn Kamara though. Glenn, I mean, last 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 season, I was saying Glenn Kamara is the best midfielder in the country because he's outstanding, um, and even he's I don't think been all that good. There may be something in. Um, you know what you're saying about the the, the fans, Martin. Um, but I mean, Kyle, 
Wait there, here, there, then you find point of view. Hey, cool. You're watching that game on Sunday night. When you get a cracking result, then you're watching a game on Sunday at time. Give the thinking. All right, here we go. Because so get got points in the You have to know about point of view. Do you think I don't know, Kyle. I mean, I see, see the thing is, see when Celtic dropped the points um, earlier in the day. You know, when I was watching, you know, I was watching it and nail biting, actually biting my nails um, in the final kind of minutes, thinking, oh, God, I hope they fucking drop points here. And they did. And see when it happened, you're, you're absolutely, you're, you're absolutely in such a, you're, you're unbelievable because you, you think, right, we've got the game to go ahead. The players are going to see this and come out the traps flying. And that's what they did. They came out absolutely fine. They were outstanding in the first half. They were absolutely brilliant. They should have been four or five up. Um, and then, like you said, I cannot put my finger on it. Cannot put my finger on it defensively. I think we are short of centre-backs. There's no doubt about that. Bassi's been playing out of position for months now. Um, Balogun can't play more than one game a week. It's uh, Apparently, he's... Uh, it's the, He's had injuries in his past. I didn't know this until now, but apparently he's had injuries in his career, which which mean that playing too much football can uh, be counterproductive for him. Um, and uh, Hollanders had the long-term injury. Katic doesn't look like he's going to be back. I don't know what's happening there. So we're then looking at the squad and thinking, right, Christ, we've got Jack Simpson there, who's a donkey. Uh, and um, we've got John Suter coming in the summer, who's like Balogun, has also had these injury problems. So um, I think a keeper in the summer, definitely, um, and um, possibly another centre-back. I'm surprised Rangers wouldn't go for someone like Stuart Finlay, who's not getting much game time out in, in America at the minute. He's, well, do you know, I was, I was listening to him on um, I, the Open Goal podcast, I, Martin, and uh, I, I didn't realise he wasn't getting that much football out there, no, which is surprising because no. he, he's a top, he's a Scotland international. Oh, yeah. he's, he is. Mm-hmm. No. I think this no. is going to be the title that both teams actually lose as opposed to a team winning because Celtic weren't that impressive against Hibs. To, to be fair, I think it's like, I don't think it's just been Celtic, I think this entire season so far seems to be teams that don't really want to achieve anything. I mean, I mean, even even Hearts, Hearts are having their best season in about a decade and they're crap lately. Uh, I mean, the, the thing for Rangers is, I think it's a pressure thing, but I think it's also, I think it's complacency. I think yeah, in Europe, they're, not, they're challenged constantly, but against United, the they were complacent. They, they just did not... Obviously, United were fantastic, uh, but... <laughs> um, 
point. Rangers did have, was it something like 28 shots? Uh, don't get me wrong, right? Uh, the shots on target number wasn't exactly as high as it was made out to be. We need Realistic. the XG. We need the XG. Who's got the XG? Oh, I don't do any XG. Oh. That's just a lot of shit. Ah, exactly. XG's bollocks. Uh, but it, it seemed to be, without Morales in the team, Rangers seem a bit confused on what to do. And like, they, they seem to do all the really good work and then like, who's going to put the ball in the back of the net seems to be a bigger issue. Whereas for Celtic, it's a different get the fish. For Celtic, it's loads of people are putting the ball in the back of the net. The problem is, Celtic's starting eleven is very strong. The backup players aren't as strong as they possibly should be. Rangers, it seems to be their starting eleven is very strong. Their backup players are not too bad. The problem for Rangers seems to be more that their backup players are injured a lot of the time, so he's having to constantly go to the wall with the same eleven effectively. And the changes that he's making are distinctly weaker changes. I mean, like you say, Lundstrom shouldn't have been played as a centre-back, but I don't think we're like being captain hindsight with that. I think uh, I think uh, Brad Monkers would have known that himself, but I think he assumed we'll have the ball predominantly, it's Ibrox. Motherwell are probably going to have less than, 20, less than 25% of possession. We should be fine. And they were fine up to the second half, and then Rangers came out tuning it up thinking, ah, we've absolutely cruised that first half. I mean, Liam Kelly's the reason why we're not further ahead. And then uh, a mistake by Tavernier for the first goal. I know, obviously, there's mistakes further back after, but Tavernier does the first mistake. And then the second goal is just an absolute... It's one of the ones that keepers do a lot. And if you're, if you're winning 3-0 and your keeper does it, no one really cares. You do it at 2-1 and you, 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 drop two, you, drop three, you drop two points. People tend to care. Uh, uh, McGregor, I still think, is possibly in the top... Definitely, definitely the top three keepers in the league, if if we're totally honest, at this precise moment in time. And yes, unfortunately, he he's just he's hitting the age of forty, and these these clangers he's dropping. If it was if he'd have done that for, say St. St. Johnston, for example, right? I know it's a really extreme example. You wouldn't have overly cared. Like if he if he'd had the number of mistakes he's had this season for any other team outside Rangers and Celtic, I don't think it's a big deal at all. You wouldn't be like, oh, he needs to retire at the end of the season. I think. Because he's at Rangers, people are saying oh, he needs to retire in the season because those mistakes shouldn't be happening. But yeah, I think Celtic are probably favourites to win it now. I think they've got enough going forward to do it. I know Saturday was not a particularly great uh, Sunday, rather it wasn't a particularly great performance. Uh, but again, it wasn't. It wasn't through lack of trying. They were constantly in the attacking half. They just could not convert. So, do you, do you reckon Rangers' uh, tactics though is uh, under Geo is more suited to him? Because he's he's more he's played in Europe. Sorry, he's managed in Europe um, and had good success with European teams. Um, so, do you think that Rangers' style at the minute, where Geo is, is more suited to the European style, and maybe it's a case of Geo getting used to the grips of uh, the SPL? Possibly, I think he's. I think he's definitely been a more, um, I suppose, pragmatic. I don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but I mean, you've seen it when when Geo came in. Um, that the, this, you know, the, the immediate switch. And, and the style and that the, the fullbacks, you know, don't go as often. Um, they do defend more. And we, we do have more natural wingers. The only thing is, 
I don't actually think we have all that many natural wingers um, in the Rangers team. I think we've got Ryan Kent, who's a top, top player. And then I think in terms of actual wingers, I think we're really struggling uh, out with that. Sakala's so a striker. Hadji's an attacking mid, no matter how much people want to play him at, at, at right wing. Um, so, yeah, you know, apart from right and Kent, um, you know, but in, in terms of for Europe, it, it is a strange one. It, I think it's, it's maybe like Kyle saying, I think it's a mental thing, you know, because they you wouldn't go have won in, that under Gerard. You wouldn't have won that Dortmund game under Gerard. Well, I mean, we've had big nights. Um, Dortmund might have been a step too far, admittedly, I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, uh, I suppose that's one thing we'll never know. Um, would, would even get, get a cup with the back and taking cast to the in the second half against Motherwell? No, eh. Uh, or Dortmund. Uh, I, I, no, um, I, I, well, I mean, that was that was an inspired tactical sub. And to be honest, actually, Martin, look, like what you're saying, um, he made the tactical sub at half time against Dortmund. Um, and it was, it was, it worked wonders. Gerard would have never done that. Um, should have beaten him. Yeah. Should have beaten him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Is there any yeah. truth in the rumor that in the summer there's a, I was going to say a big name signing, but it's a wee name signing, beginning with V. I know Rangers are keen to get this deal over the line. V- VAR. Because I suppose, <laughs> I suppose that Rangers would be top of the league by about 20 points if VAR was in. I said, that's the, that's the talk. And the... I mean, look, see that see that Dortmund game on, on, on Thursday night, John? You just seen VAR's still a problem. Because oh, the ref, right? I mean, the ref, um, was it Morelos? I think I'm sure it was Morelos. Scored a goal, right? A, a legit goal. And then the ref VAR that pulled it back seen the replay and then made the wrong decision. Yeah, it's a load of bollocks. Because look at look at look at the man like I say the Man City game with the penalty. And then <laughs> um, I mean I just it's I get it's, I get why it should be in. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting subject in England at the minute. And it just slows the game down for me. It just does my head in. Even when you decide at the end of the day, right, if if it's missed, it's missed. But the, I think the ones that frustrate fans are the clear ones. But see, when you've got someone sitting in the box watching it and they, they miss it, it's like you've got to question if it's worth it um, when they're missing decisions like that, you know. Um, but on the flip side of it, it would be good for other teams, I guess, because there is that sort of uh, mentality or feeling. Um, and, I, and even as a Kilmarnock fan, vouch for it that the bigger teams like Celtic Rangers always seem to get the decisions. And you probably hate it yourself as a Rangers and then hearing that, but Not sometimes it's hard. I mean, you look at look at Ryan Jack, and he should have got a straight red against Dundee United the other week, um, oh, yeah. and that was a ridiculous challenge. But then at the same point, there was other decisions in that game that Rangers didn't get, and you know, so VAR is an argument to have it, but it's it's whether fans want it because it's a benefit. I mean, look at the first time it was introduced in England; it was an absolute farce in the first season, yeah. So it's they should try it though. They should I mean, try it. Yeah, but but I mean, so apparently they're, they're in talks. They're, so they're apparently they're in. You know, they're they're going absolute hell for leather, trying to figure out how to get VAR into Scottish football and and introducing it would cost two million per club. Um, and you're thinking, you know, 
surely, surely to God, two million pounds per team would be better spent on improving match the experience for fans, making the refs full time, you know, giving the refs better training and better, you know, um, better support from uh, fourth officials or whatever, or, or refs behind the goals or, or whatever. Do you know, there's so much more that that money could be spent on. I think VAR is a good, it's different in England where the money, there's so much money that, um, that, that they could just put it in anyway. And to be fair, it does operate fairly well. I don't like it personally, because like you say, it does slow down the game and it takes a lot of the emotion out of that, that you know, that perfect moment when your team scores. Um, but um, yeah, um, I just, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, Keen for it at all. Um, I don't know how the other guys feel, but um, it wouldn't be wouldn't be top of my list. What's what's that thing that they have in like where it was at Aston Villa, Sheffield United when the <coughs> games come back and it's it seemed to stop working. The refs. Uh... Oh, the gold line technology. Uh, the, the ref hadn't turned it on. Well, not the ref. Whoever <laughs> does the checks prior hadn't turned it on yeah. in that goal. So <laughs> that goal showed up as being. Uh, yeah, but they don't, they don't have anything like that up here, do they? So even even just like I think I think if you're going to introduce stuff like you say, spending all that money is ridiculous. But they should like bring something up for just goal line technology, even like because that's crucial. Because sometimes a ref cannot see a crowd for a crowd of players and different angles. So I think the goal line technology is a massive one. Offsides. I mean, I like the old saying of if the attackers gets the advantage, you know, if it's a sort of marginal decision. Um, but, you know, football's gone different these days. It frustrates, I don't know, see when you watch a game and the goalkeeper goes up for a challenge, nine times out of ten, you know that the attacker will will not get anything. It's going to be the goalkeeper that will get it. So many things that frustrate in football. But, yeah, goal line technology would probably be the, the only thing I would look at adding it to, and that's it. It's like Josh and me were saying on Saturday, we actually we obviously both kind of prefer going to your West or Scotland games now because it is more pure. It's like football right. in, a more, in a purer form. Um, you cannot... I mean, I've got bloody all the subscriptions under the world for football. You get fed up with the games because it's just... They're boring. I don't know. There's not as much entertainment. It's all... Especially the English League. It's just built up to be like the best product ever. It's just that it's marketed so well. Well, Chelsea Liverpool was meant to be this great final, and it was nil nil. You know, I said I actually said that to the wife last night. I said I'm so glad I gave that game a miss. Um, you know, going to watch it, and that just goes to show. Whereas Shrewsbury, like my team, like, it's frustrating, but again, it feels more proper because it's uh, like say you don't get all the decisions and all the money pumped into the leagues. You know, so it is more like that. But yeah, you're right, the Scottish. Um, since I moved up here, I actually say to people like down south that junior football up here is much more better and a better quality than down south because you get the junior teams have a bigger chance of beating the league teams and say the cup. You wouldn't get the level of the yeah you know, the, the, the in terms of the level to where the leagues are um, and teams. There's, there's you, know, you wouldn't get that in England because the money is just so far apart and the teams are so far apart now that you would never get that. You would never get like a a league to I don't know like a, someone in the lower tier like, like give you an example like um, Hearts and Ockenlerka played in the past and obviously they got pumped in the last one but in previous seasons they've run them close you know you would never get that in 
uh, a team going to like a maybe a top four, top six team in England. It, it just wouldn't happen where they run them close. Have you had much experience? Have you actually been to any of the kind of junior setup at all? Any of the sort of lower league setups down there? Yeah. I have been to been to one or two. I've been. To, I went to. I remember it was Merrimus, uh, the one year I came up here and uh, yep. the Friday night game. So obviously, the Mom, Yeah, uh, It was quite quite an interesting game. It was. Uh, it's quite good. Um, we'll need, uh, we'll need, we'll need, sorry, Matt. We we'll need to explain that uh, for the for the listeners. Uh, the Mermis. Is uh, is a phenomenon, Jeff uh, John. You probably don't know it either. I know it. Uh, and I know Kyle, it. Um, the Murmus is is an urban uh, is an urban tradition, um, and uh, it's it's essentially it goes it's it's got a long thing. It's some kind of old story about how Mary Queen of Scots came through Irvin for one night, and it is truly one of these things that is bizarre in nature, and it is it is so perfect. Um, right, so. Um, they, they, they get they get five wee lassies for the three schools that are in Irvine, right? The three high schools, and four of them are Marys, and one's the Queen, right? And then she gets can she gets uh, for for the whole year she gets out of school to go and do Mermis Queen stuff, right? And then she gets taken in a carriage on the Saturday. She gets taken to a carriage to Middle Irvine Town and crowned in a ceremony. Now this carriage is like like something out of Cinderella, right? And the whole town. Tens of thousands of people come out and watch them. Um, and then all these guys run down the moors and there's this big pole. That's Aye, about, the greasy, put the greasy uh, ball. It's a big Aye. pole, it's about 30 foot tall. And it's all Aye. greasy. And a bunch of guys all try and climb it to grab a ham that's on the top. Uh, and then if, if they win, if they obviously get to the top, they get the ham. But on the Friday night of Mermis, there's a game between Irvin Vix and Irvin Meda, right? And it is a vicious game it is a tasty. It's it a tasty fixture yeah the one I went to um, I'm sure it was the Vix one 1-0 back in 2014 but it was good and then I was up I, I was uh, no it might have been even earlier than that but it was one of the first years anyway and it was cracking like you say the, the meaty pole and all that was great because West FM are out as well on the field oh, and it's <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it was it was a good laugh like to be fair and then we we um, the police station, there's a block of flats and my wife's uh, friend lived there at the time so we had a big party till like God knows what time in the morning so yeah, it was good, proper good. <laughs> that was a good first experience of being um, up in Scotland so yeah, that was one of my first games. Um, Martin, did you mention something about a meaty pole? <laughs> a meaty pole? <laughs> I think you did. So just while we're on that subject, our good, our good sponsors, Manscaped, if you want to make sure that your meaty pole is not greasy, then get involved. We've got a new code, because uh, supposedly our code's been getting used on these discount sites everywhere. So SFF20, capital letters and then the number 20, so SFF20, for 20% off and free shipping at uk.manscape.com. It's obviously coming up for the springtime, so if you want to make sure that you do your own personal spring cleaning, down below, get involved uh, and make your meaty pole better, tastier. So, 
I'm telling you, man, that they get better. They get better. Either yeah, get better, like just better and better. That, that meet, I did like that meaty pole uh, segue there. That was pretty good. It had to be. Yes, it was, as as I, 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 love, I love the seriousness in that. The seriousness in that and the straight face. Fair play to pull it off a cracker there, mate. I'm t- <laughs> Pulled what off a cracker? <laughs> 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 it's like it's like Jeffrey earlier was like sitting rubbing his rubbing his uh, his legs at the thought of uh, Mark McGee and chatting chat up with him. As soon as I had meaty oh. pole, that was me. There's the ad. Um, well, go so, from what I've got on meaty poles. We might as well go in and talk about Mark McGee. Yes, Mark McGee. <laughs> uh, 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 can we talk Mark McGee now? Because th- that that Mark McGee is responsible for categorically. Many laugh. The, the, fun, the funniest, the funniest moment in Scottish football ever for me is either Lennon's Dubai meltdown or Mark McGee's <laughs> or Mark McGee's get that to fur video. It is so perfect. I don't know, Jeff. Do you want to take it? Up? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's we we, we, we like you know how like you get like moments when like people can just like take a break for about 10, 15 minutes. We could oh, yeah, just you, all, we could just all go to the room and yeah. Jeff will just speak for fifteen minutes about Mark McGee. Yeah, you can all go for your siestas now. No. I mean, right, so where to start on Mark McGee? I mean, obviously, that is an absolute comic genius. Uh, the one at the weekend where the boy tried to get the photo with him was quite... <laughs> I, I think I said and I, I think I said to you guys uh, the other day, that in fairness to Mark McGee, unbelievably, I think that that boy, was, if you, you've been beat for that at home, you're not the manager that anyone wanted, realistically, um, apart from maybe one person. I doubt that boy was asking for a photo with him. <laughs> um, so I've kind of forgiven that, but I did like Livingston's. Maybe we showed him the video of the Are You Raging in the crowd. Maybe it was that. One of my very good friends, uh, his season ticket was directly behind the director's box at, at Dens Park. And he was saying to me that like on Saturday, there's now pictures of it. I've seen the picture the other day. There's a, of, of, of a guy literally lobbing the season ticket back at Mark McGee, and he was saying that the guy was getting absolutely livid. And you're like, I don't understand why Dundee sacked James McPake when they did. The thing that makes it even worse, which I, I, I never thought I'd say these words as a United fan, I feel a bit bad for James McPake because Dundee released a statement saying that they're sacking James McPake and replacing him with Mark McGee because they want James McPake to leave with his reputation intact. Fair enough, right? But You've replaced him with a guy that no one really stick at the club. See, even even John Nouns when they did the reveal didn't speak to the media, didn't say anything. Um, and then Mark McGee last week was after a very all right performance against Celtic, saying that you know we've got one or two things we want to tweak and then we'll be happy. And then this week that we're, like, I've only been brought in if something's wrong. Like you've literally just logged, you've logged Jason Baker under the bus, and by stating that you kind of directly contradicting what the club have said. Now, I know obviously that's how managed, I know that's how things work, but he didn't need to do what he did to James McPake. It didn't seem right. It didn't It didn't seem correct. The performance of his team on Saturday was embarrassing. Like my, my mate was saying to me that he's been a W fan for 45 years and that's one of the worst performances he's seen in 45 years. And Dundee have got a fair long list of them performances. So, I don't really understand it. I know people were saying Mark McGee's been out of the game for a while. It's it's strange. I think I said on when we did that Twitter space the other day that it seemed strange that you've picked a manager who's not been a manager in, I think it's six years, who you've got 13 games left of your season, of which he's banned for half of them from being 
not only on the touchline, but he's not allowed physically in the change room mm-hmm. an hour, an hour and a half before the game and 15 minutes after. Maybe he should have done what Mourinho did at Roma and just do uh, watch the game from the bus. He'd have been safer. Did you see that? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know if you do a little bit bad, the Dundee fans. It's only a little bit because I'm mostly enjoying it. But it did seem absolutely ridiculous what they've done. And the fact that my missus has just walked in behind me so you can hear the floorboards beeping has made it even better. <laughs> uh, no, I, I felt bad for them because... It isn't. It isn't right. Like you don't throw people under the bus that easy and that quickly. Aye, I, 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 I was under the bus as well straight away after that performance on Saturday. Now he's only got one signing that's came since he got there, which is Rossi, who he hooked after. I think Dunley, I think it's thirty-five minutes he hooked and brought on McMullen. It doesn't make sense what he's done. Um, like I said, the club. Didn't speak a lot when he came in. People instantly questioned. One of his good mates is uh, one of his good mates is director, is a technical director. Yeah, um, we're talking, we're talking here about a team who last season came up to the playoffs. We can pick. Uh, who who won the last two games and go give it big? How how surprised were you by the game of the second of the pig? Yeah, I think that's a I think Carl's right. I think that's the biggest thing is I think everyone is surprised at the time and. You go on there, is it, I think it's a 12-game run of not winning, and then you wait till your manager wins two on the bounce. And I know the performance against Peterhead wasn't the greatest, but he got through in the cup, and that's all that really matters in the cup. You can't take that as a, as, a, as a thing. But they went to Tynecastle and won, and they won convincingly. They weren't like under the, it wasn't a snatch and grab, but it was, a, it was a, actually a very decent performance. So why sack him after that? And then if you are going to sack him, I feel like the line where they said, to save his reputation was only put in to justify the sacking after winning two games because it then look, doesn't look you can whether or not you believe it but you can say well we're saving him from any potential disaster because look, we, he left after two two successful performances he goes out on a high in effect but it, it, it isn't a good look it, the thing that confuses me more about it is Mark McGee has been available for quite a long time <laughs> as a manager and you waited till now when you... Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It, it really doesn't add up. Can anyone remember who they beat in the playoffs to get promoted? <laughs> Sorry, Mark. You never know. We might have a play at this, right? Oh, Dundee will get straight relegation. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, see, 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 see uh, it's, it's a shame because I was hoping to see Jason Cummins swinging off chandeliers again. <laughs> swinging off kangaroos. Well, I was going to say, you know what, right? It never, it didn't surprise me, Jason Cummins, like, when he moved. Uh, to be fair, actually, he left, he left Shrewsbury, right? He wasn't getting a game. And then he got eight goals in 15 games for them. And, and then he didn't play against Kilmarnock. Um, and then he, you know, but he was, he, he seemed to have settled down as a footballer and started doing all right. But he, he's, a, he's a championship player. Um, and he, he just likes the drink. And that's his problem. He's, he's a, there's a good player in there. 
but he just loves the drink and the going out and that's and he you know obviously the joking about and obviously he likes to be the joker so it's a, it a bit of a shame but he did it at Shrewsbury as well you know he scored big goals against like Sunderland Liverpool got the double um he, you know he always scored in big big games but then he just wasn't consistent enough and you know um it's a it's a, it's a strange one that with Jason Cummins but I feel as though he he, he really I don't know, maybe McPake should have used him more. Um, he could have maybe disciplined him, but got a bit out of him. But I'm right, you're right in what you're saying. He should never have gone after that Hearts win. I thought that was a good win. And he should have been given the chance to keep him up after promoting him because there was one point last season where they had a terrible run and then they pulled it together. I mean, they got hammered by Hearts on the first game of the season um, last year, but they ended up doing well and he got the backing at the time so like I say it's a bit of a strange one bringing in Mark McGee who to me should be putting his pipe and slippers up now rather than managing football Kyle yes what would you have thought if St Mirren had got McGee as manager Remember, you can swear I if you want. would have been severely disappointed. <laughs> Diplomatic. Diplomatic, eh? <laughs> is St. Mirren um, not called St. Marnock now? <laughs> I'm sure they were, I'm sure they were. They were trying to get Steve Clark as manager and all. Good uh, <laughs> see, see in, all, in all seriousness, Kyle, you know, Robinson, yeah. what, what, what are you thinking about Robinson? Well, so just you, you what I'm thinking. So, I think it would be Robinson. No, I'm happy with Robinson. Yes. Can uh, I want be manager? No, I want to come here and so I'm quite happy to go with Robinson. He's, I mean, he's, he's, he was successful with with, with Motherwell, um, and he yeah. actually, do you know, yeah, I felt he actually demonstrated at Motherwell that he is quite a tactically astute manager because he he, he had that Motherwell team with um, with Edwards and and all that, uh, and it was an absolute gang. And then within one or two seasons, he did turn it around and, and um, make them into a right footballing team. You yeah. know, so so yeah. he, he has he has form. And to be honest, I think you go into St. Mirren with the squad that they've got. They've got probably got one of the. They've got a squad, I would say, that is probably worthy of top six. Um, I think he's a, a football if a football cliches uh, alert needs to go here but he is a safe pair of hands I think anyway um, I mean, yeah. it, it should be noted that his run at Morecambe wasn't 
Say he it was, was inconsistent. He was on the downward slope. Aye, but see, see to be fair, I'll I, I just throw in that with Morecambe now because see at Morecambe, obviously being in the same division as Shrewsbury, that Morecambe were shouldn't have even had the right to get promoted. Like and they, they were not, you know, they weren't even they were a surprise to get promoted from League Two, let alone you know, char, you know, being League One and challenging. So and early part of the season they started off really well and there was the, the team that they played Rotherham who were top now they, they scraped a 1-0 win Rotherham did but that day Rotherham manager said more can play them off the park and they started the season well they beat us they drew away at Ipswich they've, they've beaten some big teams this season as well in that league and it's not an easy league to be in and the, the problem they had was they lost their best centre-back um, before the window literally on the, on the window but he, he, you know, going back to, he was always quite attacking with Motherwell. Um, he had a good sort of an approach play with them, like you were saying. And he, he got the same with Morecambe. They scored a lot of goals. And um, I think he just, he didn't have the budget or the money really to bring in some other players and that. But he, he did all right. And I think he would have kept him up, uh, Morecambe, to be fair. And, but like you said, St. Mirren's, uh, you know, like I say, is a top six club that, that, with the players have got at the minute. Um, and they they will do all right this season. And like I say, a chance to go back into Scottish football, it was a no brainer really for him. Is he with Robin? I think Robin's Give a combo, good young player, man. If he can do a similar job, he can do players. Then maybe move him on to a bit of money and we invest that. He might go a decent job. See, at Motherwell, Robinson will... only finished top six once, by the way. Yeah, he's um... he's he's a and that was a good season. But aside from that, his league record wasn't terrific. Um, obviously there was a season they got to two cup finals. I, I think Robinson's a bit of a boring appointment for St. Mirren. I think he's a I think he's a submitted appointment down to a team. Like I don't think. Um, he's got potential and he's got a record of working with good young players and some men do have a semi-decent academy so there's potential there um, Okay Robinson are good well, Good win every day of the week Good win's progressive improved every season in terms of where he's been when he was coaching initially at St Mirren then moves to Aloha, gets him promoted, keeps him up as a part-time team in the championship, then gets his move to St Mirren, um, keeps finishing higher in the league, gets to two cup semi-finals last season, 40 years old. Aye, I like Goodwin a lot. I wanted Goodwin last season when uh, McInnes went. I think McInnes, uh, Goodwin is get, he's very similar to McInnes, I think, as well. Very handsome and all, isn't he? Very handsome guy, I which know, is important. It? It's an important. It's an old silver fox. Um, what were you saying, Martin? Sorry. 
No, I was just saying he's he's quite a passionate guy and he seems to know what he wants out of his players. That's what I've noticed about Goodwin. He's not... Um, and you see, see certain managers you listen to in the media and you think, oh, I could listen to him all day. Like, mm-hmm. And McInnes is one of those people. Like, see when McInnes is a breath of fresh air when he come into Kilmarnock. I mean, like I, I'm listening to his interviews and I'm like, wow, where's Tommy Wright? I'm switching off. I'm like, oh, bugger off, man. Like, you know, he's just so negative and so... Like, and yeah, whereas, like you're saying, Goodwin's a bit like that as well. You know, I've always liked Goodwin in the Scottish game. I think he's very honest in his assessment of games as well. Like, there's no point trying to pull the wool over the, the fans by saying no. you played well when you didn't. He always assesses a game pretty well. McInnes was the same. I felt maybe at times towards the end of McInnes brain, he started to kind of like maybe defend the, the players of it. Not yeah. to defend the players too much, but defend the performances too much when you could tell that performances weren't there. But I think, yeah, Goodwin's got it in him to be a, a, a kind of top manager. And he's come in straight away and he's kind of, I suppose, shown respect to the past in terms of talking about maybe expectations at Aberdeen and we should be doing much better. Which is natural. You're going to come in and probably try and do that. But I do think it's not just talk. It is something that he's going to try. Oh, he believes in it. He believes um, in it. Uh, you, you can lie to people, but you kind of lie to yourself, like you're saying about being honest in that. and um, <laughs> A bit like the boxer at the weekend. He may think he won the match, <laughs> but he knows deep down he lost it. He can lie to everyone, and that's the same with football as well. And I do think when folk were when folk were mentioning Goodwin for the job, and some folk were trying to, I think they're just trying to wind me up saying, "Oh, but like St. Mirren's a better job than Aberdeen." Aberdeen are either Aberdeen or Hearts are the biggest club in Scotland, depending on which way you look at it. If Goodwin wants to do well, you want to keep on progressing to a bigger club. And he is a bigger club. But it's up to him now to make sure that Aberdeen are. Pushing for top league, top three, and then winning the cups and now and again. That's the I expectations. One, I think one one thing you might struggle with, John, is uh, expectations. Um, I, I think that that St. Mun fans yeah. have wildly different expectations about what their club should be achieving, what they should be doing, and Aberdeen fans have. Whether or not that's uh, diluted is a different um, <laughs> a different kettle of fish. I think Josh, uh, Josh, remember. Remember St Mirren had Tony Fitzpatrick who said that St Mirren would be in the Champions League? Yeah, but no one listens to him. <laughs> well, hey, they'll, they'll, st- they'll still got him to the end of the season as far as I'm aware. And yeah. uh, I, I Nothing expectations, though. I think he's the type of guy that can rise to expectations. I think he did say, Tony Fitzpatrick, Kill, you'll be able to keep me right here, but <laughs> did he not say, what well, one of his things was that he, they, they were going to finish top six and they, you know, they could finish top six this season? Three seasons after he said it. It... Talking to St. Mirren, I've got a question, a quiz here. You probably, I don't know if you know it, but which Man City player of the trial once we got turned away? <laughs> St. Mirren. Oh, I, Mares. Mares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, went, he went to Paisley on his bike. <laughs> Never came back. Probably because his bike got nicked. <laughs> That's what I knew. He, I, think he, I think he actually nicked the bike, went to the airport, and then that was him. He was gone. I'll <laughs> blame it, to be honest. <laughs> I they probably I tell you, the, the the coaches whoever you know the the Scottish coaches probably took one look at me and thought, oh, it's not very big, him is he? <laughs> too, too technical, too technical. It's not very big. He's all he's all he's all touches and things. Oh no, no, that'll no, do. No, it's too skillful. Second touches and sprint. How's he going to win a ball? That's good. Distracting would say if you're not kicking it off the wall. Uh, maybe we need to get big men and big women together. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> see what good one. 
what a way though, to have your first game in charge at Petodre under the shadow of Alex Bergson being there. Jeff, yeah, I know no. you were there. But he didn't fucking watch it, did he? Jesus Christ. Aye, uh, it was... Uh, <laughs> that game was honestly... I, I don't know, I think Erin said pretty much the same in the group chat. Obviously, she was in the wrong stand. But um, she, it, it was... Oh, Jesus, that was a terrible game. But the first half was no bad. Like United went one up uh, really quickly because, <laughs> ironically enough, it took, it took on the shirt. <laughs> well, that was awful. What is Bates doing? Well, I think people think David Bates is a footballer. I don't really know why. And um, then uh, Aberdeen equalised with courtesy of Dundee United scoring again. So we scored twice. Uh, but after that, uh, equaliser went in. It sort of turned into a game where two sides would seem to be more scared of losing than they were of winning. Um, right, Aberdeen had a few more shots on the target than United did. I wouldn't say Benji was overly. It wasn't like it, it wasn't like against the, against Rangers where we were constantly on, um, constantly defending. Uh, United had a couple of good spells. That was all in the first half. By the time the second half kicked off, Jesus, like that was forty five minutes. We could have all done much more interesting things with our lives. Type of game that would get football stopped. We, yeah, I, it, it was quite bad. And the fact that Aberdeen punted it as a sellout, and it really wasn't. Um, then. You feel bad, like the reception Fergie got was absolutely phenomenal. To be fair, like that, that was absolutely brilliant. That seemed to be the highlight of the game because after that, it was there was next to nothing going on really, and both sides sort of chugged it out. I don't really think you can blame Jim Goodwin for anything overly. He, he's only been there a week. Um, a lot of players I, out as well on Saturday. Due to yeah, and... he only had, I think he only had a bench with four players on it. Uh, if I remember rightly. I was uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a big squad, certainly. And Tam Colts was being just irritatingly positive about just anything really that you could think of being irritatingly positive about. I don't mind a manager looking on the positive side, but don't kid on the fans. Like we're not stupid. We do we can we can see what we're seeing in front of our eyes. And it was it was a there's a terrible performance by both teams and it kind of felt a bit like the entire build-up to the game was massive. It was Fergie coming back. It was a, a new firm game. Uh, Fergie coming up getting a statue because uh, I've been copied Dundee United again. Uh, after we got the German Crane statue. And they're like, oh, they've got a statue. We must get a statue as well because we must match. I do feel um, I do feel with both of these statues, they've been far too late in getting made. For these oh, teams. fuck I. Absolutely. They've been made like a long time ago. In the 90s, probably should have been made. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, both of our teams have legendary managers in that form that should have been honoured a lot more in depth than they were previously. I don't know about Aberdeen, but United had a stand named after Jim Goodwin. Obviously, they still have the fair play stand. Um, I don't know about Aberdeen, personally. I imagine they've got a suite or something daft. But it, it, it was a bit. It is a bit of a shame that it's taken so long. I know Jim McLean's a slightly different case compared to Fergie because, obviously, the way, the way McLean left United in the end under the cloud after banging out the BBC before. Mm. Um, I bet still his achievement for Dundee United. Oh, his achievement for second to none. And he, he is, in my opinion, one of the the second. I'm going to say best ever Scottish manager because I'm biased as fuck. But um, either way, yeah. there's a lot of build up for this game. It's including an important game. Both sets of fans will look for it. The attendance was really well. I don't take the piss out of Aberdeen saying it's a sellout, but it, it was a really, it's a really well attended game. They just get Fergie there every week. 
to sell tickets. Uh, the fans were up for it, and then the actual performance in the park was it's just a bit of a like I said, the first 35 minutes were quite good. After that, it sort of died to death because it was a bit good. You felt a bit bad at the end. <laughs> Kyle. I know a great cut you got one show. I'll get that I will be going to England weekend to watch a few players who will be going. Right, wait a minute, wait a minute here, Kyle. So you beat Steve Clark on Saturday and that's then when all you're a scout for Scotland. Is this what's happening? Are you scouting for Steve Clark? No, yeah, we're going to get a long time before I make it. Kyle, that doesn't go with the story there. Just, you should have just said yes. Bloody hell. What, what's happening? Where are you going? I am going to Bella. Oh, unlucky. A thriller at the Villa. You're going to see Jeff's team? Oh. Because you know I picked a good team. Shrewsbury. You should have gone and see Shrewsbury, aye? Hey, man, would you think of Greg Doherty? Oh, what a player. Why did Rangers get rid of him, man? Mate, mate, you... That's a never-ending question, man. See when when they left, I was... Uh, see when it was uh, when Gerard came in to Rangers and he could not get a game at all. I, mm. Like I'm sitting there, his stats were insane. Like, box to box player, absolutely brilliant, and he just couldn't get a game. I couldn't understand it at all. Oh, it was, it was phenomenal. See, right. see when we played Wolves in the cup game. Mm-hmm. Oh man, he absolutely ran the show and he scored a belter in that game. And I mean, he's a he hasn't exactly done well at home, to be fair. He's not really hit the standards, but mm-hmm. in the team that we were in, he was brilliant. We tried to actually sign him when he sort of was going, trying to get him back on loan again. But I, but no, there's actually quite a few Shrewsbury players with connections with Rangers in the recent years. Obviously, Jason Cummins, Sean Goss. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I, yeah. uh, Even James Tavernier was on loan at Shrewsbury when he was at Is Newcastle. Uh, <laughs> Connor Goldson, he started off at Shrewsbury. I actually had a point with Connor Goldson. When I was younger, I he was back in the days at obviously at Shrewsbury and that, and we were uh-huh. out clubbing after I got promoted. <laughs> and uh, he was just in a local club, like, and Joe Art was there as well because they were mates with uh, Dave Edwards and all that. Uh-huh. And uh, I, it was uh, he's like, we, we we basically we sort of tagged along, like, we're just like, oh, all right, Connor, all right, how are you? Uh, yeah, okay. Next <laughs> minute. I was like, he's like, oh, Shrewsbury, you coming in there? Yeah, coming coming with us. And I was like, all right, go on then. All right. Next minute, we're in this VIP area and the bottles of champagne and everything. And we're like, hey. Uh, so yeah, it's all good. Then we got a, is it, we, what did we sing after Conor Goldson? Um, oh, what's the Spandau Ballet, Gold. Goldson, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that was singing all that. But uh, he's, he, was a, he was a top gentleman, like, but um, uh, he's... Uh, He's, uh, I'm surprised he's had a, like you say, he's had a bit of a tough time at Rangers, but now it's quite a few links between players. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Doherty you mentioned as well, so he's yeah, quite yeah, a few yeah. players. You've also been uh, unlucky enough to have Sam Cosgrove on loan this season earlier on, mm-hmm. which didn't work out at all, did it? Cosgrove, man. Don't even, just don't even mention <laughs> him. Is that, I, I, is, it, is it Wimbledon now? 
I, I this I've got a funny story about that. So me me and my mate kind of standing like so he left, and then AFC Wimbledon were playing, um, and there's a player called Aaron Cosgrave. Right, okay. So I'm at, the, I'm at the time doing my pod like with my mate, and I'm like, you will not believe it. Cosgrave is he's on the bench, but they spelt him as Aaron. I'm like what's going? On? I, I didn't even look properly, and then he got the equaliser for Wimbledon. And I was like, oh, you won't believe it. He's gone and scored, like, and I was going on saying, like, on Twitter, like, basically saying, oh, look, you know, and then someone goes, that's not Sam Cosgrave, that's Cosgrave. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, to be fair, I was quite pleased because he's, he's still not scored, so he's still as rubbish as ever. So. Yeah, I think we did we did extremely well to get the, the reported money that we got for him. No, um, you didn't do well. His agent did well. Yeah, well, his, <laughs> well, his agent helped us. His agent helped us anyway because... Eight, 18... The, the thing is, I remember picking up a paper at one day and there were like French teams after him. Man, you know, like the, the daily record and it was like Liverpool, Man United. I'm like, ah, Cosgrove, oh, fair play. Like, and then I always think back to when he, like his performances for Shrewsbury and I'm like, I remember that paper, <laughs> paper article when he was linked and it was like 4 million. Don't worry, he'll be at Kilmarnock next season. So you'll look forward to that. No, nah, no. Nah, if he's at Kilmarnock... Um, <laughs> I may have to go down to St. Mirren and watch St. Saint, Saint <laughs> <laughs> so, Kyle, are you uh, going to see Villa and see your pal John? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, you've got friends in high places. Ken, I know, man. Aye, and hey, he's, never even, he's never even offered us a free, a signed John McGinn Scotland top. You know what I mean? How can I offer you whatever I've got you? How if you don't get that? Give me a text. You, you got happy text. birthday. You got happy birthday after a Serbia game. You've been out for a drink with him, haven't you? Aye. Aye. You see what, like, what to do is get him drunk and then get him, like, maybe a wee, I, I, like, force him to put, I will come on the Scottish Football Forums podcast. And then also maybe a re-signed talk for Josh. To, to actually, tell him that Josh had him on his Christmas tree, top of the Christmas tree. Never had an angel. Never had a star. Well, we did have a star. John McGinn was on the top of his tree. Make it happen, Kel. Come on. Make, make Josh's dream come true. He's always done watching as well. You see what you can do, Kel? I will. <laughs> Is that a promise? No, no, I, I wish you were king. Aye. So, what's your plans then? You're going to see Villa. Villa, Southampton. Oh, Shea Adams. Uh, Shea Armstrong. Oh, no, I'm talking. Uh, if you choose for any of just Shea Adams, you'll be getting shit like fuck. Che is on lethal form, by the way. He's he on is. flames. Che Adams is also a former Birmingham City player, so he'll be getting booed roundly. I see, aye. Oh, right. Oh, aye, aye. Sorry, I forget now. That's uh, Villa. Uh, How did he not finish against England at Wembley? I <laughs> thought, you should have beaten us that, 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 that night. I know. I would, you know what? It was hard enough coming out of the house after a draw. I don't think I think I would still be hibernating now if we'd lost. Yeah, Especially if had scored. Martin, if England I was in England for the final. If you had won, I was immigrating. 
<laughs> no, I, 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 I see it. No, I see in seriousness. By the way, see that fairy shootout. Oh, I was actually, that? I was actually googling how to delete your socials for two or three months. <laughs> I was uh, my best, my, my best mate's from Yorkshire, and he was watching it with me. And the sp- <laughs> he left pretty quick after that. After that penalty was missed, <laughs> I was unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> so, talking like, yes, of I know so much Italian words. <laughs> talking of penalties and that, and uh, obviously Italy and that. Did you see uh, Salah what he said to Jorginho when he was walking up for his penalty yesterday? He's what did like, he actually say to him? Don't jump. I love a bit shit, Halsey. Uh, hey, not, not as not not as bad as Chris Wood going meow. To... <laughs> <Zoom in. laughs> I tell you what, though, I did I, I did watch the game yesterday, and much as you were saying earlier about no no, it was quite a decent no no. But the Kelleher's penalty, by the way, was one of the best penalties. The Liverpool subkeeper, oh. the keeper. I know he was playing. He started yesterday, oh, yeah. and like Kepa, who came on for the last two minutes. Didn't you, you think that was ironic, though, how Kepa threw his dummy out like at the last time? Yep. And then he came on and didn't save a penalty and then missed. That was, that was funny. It shows you know, how crazy English football is, because I was reading, I think it was on Saturday, Newcastle had been linked with a move for him. And was talking 50, 50 million. 50 million for a guy that's been on the bench for the last two seasons, pretty much. Yeah, and football manager is worth 10. Aye, but in football manager, uh, there's like players in Scotland that are worth about five million that would probably be lucky to go for a free transfer. <laughs> that much is true. Um, but I remember, I remember Motherwell wanted sod four and a half million just because I think it's because Scotland did well in the, the Euros. <laughs> it's like, it wasn't even worth that killing. He only plays one, the Steve Clark. True. It's a sort of weird. Weird hoodoo he's got over him. I, I will make you a player. And then just based on any other manager, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Have you heard of crossing the street, mate? Because you can't you can't cross a hole. Uh, right. We're building nicely to talking about John McGinn, Shea Adams, Stuart Armstrong. So I think it's probably a good time, as you said, Kyle. I think you were trying to get there to Scotland chat, weren't you? Yes, yeah. So, so what are we at? Guys, we're, uh, we're uh, quite What gate is that? Can you you're in the beers again? 28. We're uh, quite for me. So, for the marks will be going king, obviously. Recently, football has taken a step back for Ukraine and for Katyua, we always have over here. Uh, but go on a game. It definitely is, Kyle. I think, um, obviously, Thursday there was some chat in the group about your heard speculation about what might be happening or might not be happening. Um, I know Jeff and me and Josh, actually, the three of us, were speaking about it a fair bit. And folk were saying about how, oh, like, does that mean Scotland will get a buy? And you're thinking, there's, ga- there's folk escaping their farm, escaping the country, having to fight for their country, and all that folk could care about was 
Hodgkinton got a bye to the, the final. Um, so that kind of chat can get in the bin straight away. Um, there's no way that Ukraine players should be penalised as well for something that's well, not their fault. Um, we've seen the emotional scenes from some of the players over the weekend, mainly in English football, some abroad as well. You've got guys like ex-players, ex-boxers, the president on the street um, trying to survive as well. So at the moment, football kind of, it's, it's difficult to talk about the game because I'll be honest, as soon as the events took place on Thursday, your buzz for the game goes out the window because it's a yeah. human thing. I've, I think this was probably my tip cards on the table here. I don't, I'm not excited at all for this game. I, I'm really... I don't think this World Cup should be going on full stop. Uh, the, the location of it in particular. Yeah. Uh, I, I wrote an article that's on our site that people can read. and I, I, I lay my reasons on the ground as quite clearly as to why I don't think it should go ahead. I think the human rights issues in Qatar, I'm not on about um, outside of Qatar, I'm on about physically in Qatar, are, are, are atrocious. Uh, I think the lives lost rate is roughly about 33 per game. You're talking about one death for every three minutes of football you're watching. I don't think in any way, shape or form that that should be going ahead. I, I, I personally believe Scotland should have followed the same sort of pattern that Norway and other countries did, which is make a, a public stand against it. We're a country that makes... That is a very welcome country. We've seen it in the last week with the Ukrainian refugee issues that we, we, we welcome these people and that's the right thing to do. And I find it really... I cannot get excited for it at all. And I... Maybe it's just me. I'm sure there might be other people out there that feel the same. It could be a case of, and I understand people's argument is that it's been so long, it's been so long since Scotland have been at the World Cup that it's different. People are excited and they've got every right to be excited if they want to be. I personally, and in my own my own mind, I'm not morally comfortable with it at all in any way, shape, or form. And the fact that we as a country they try so hard and we do so many great things to outright ignore those human rights abuses. But the abuses that are basic, basic standards, like, are ignored. And people are, oh, well, we'll get a pint in Qatar. Like, crack on, honestly. And then the thing with the Ukraine stuff, like you say, the patter about Scotland getting a bite rightly deserves to be in the bin. It's by people who clearly have never had family member, relative, or even read about a war who are making comments like that. Um, it's pathetic I think Ukraine the game should go ahead and Ukraine should be given every support possible to play the game I think that's the right thing to do um, and whoever wins it happy days for them like, fair enough I've been clear in my stance from the start though that I don't think the World Cup should be in Qatar if it was in a different country then I'd be all for it happy as anything I just I just can't be happy with the situation the way it is, uh, both from the Ukraine point of view and predominantly from you know, the World Cup location. So, yeah, I'm going to be honest and say I've got no excitement for it whatsoever. I really wish it wasn't taking place. If I'm totally frank, I don't think Scotland should be put in this position as a country. Well, I think if a certain person has his way, anyway, not another good on soon, um, based on what you were saying. So, uh, hopefully he's not listening. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean I, I I totally agree with a lot, a lot of what Jeff's saying. Um, the 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 cost of um, the co- the sheer cost of human lives that that this World Cup in Qatar has has resulted in 
um, coupled with the corruption around the fact that it was awarded to Qatar, is just is an absolute affront to everything that sport is supposed to be about. So, um, in terms of the game, the game itself next next month though, um, I'm excited for it. Um, pure, and, and I'm trying to see this right now through purely through a football footballing lens. I've got to say, um, I do ha- I do have a, my Ukraine flag ordered. My mate uh, has his Ukraine top. He's going to wear that. So I'm I'm hoping, um, and I I hate pointless chase. One of the things that I most hate is when something like you know what's going on in Ukraine right now happens, and then you see like the Eiffel Tower lit up in blue and yellow. It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. But anyway, that that aside, I, I, you know, even even you know if if we can take this fixture at the end of the next month and and make some sort of gesture of solidarity with the um, with the Ukrainian people, and, and that might even be, you know, something like, you know, um, and I, I know the Tartan Army Sunshine people will be doing a lot of work anyway. But you know, what about um, what about a drive for donations at the stadium before the game next month would be brilliant. Would be a great show of solidarity for people that um, for the people people fleeing Ukraine right now. Um, so yeah, th- thoroughly look forward to it. I suspect we just hope it can go ahead. Really, really hope. And and as Jeff said. Everything the SFA particularly should be doing everything they can to support um, the Ukrainian FA um, to facilitate, you know, some sort of game. Whether or not they can actually get a full squad that they normally would do, because I know, I mean, I know, even just looking at um, some stuff on Twitter, I know that a lot of the football teams have actually been um, conscripted into the territorial defence in Ukraine. I see pictures of, um, I think it was Dnipro. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the players, the Ukrainian players from that team, have been uh, uh, conscripted into the territorial defence. So, you know, w- whether or not Ukraine can actually put out their full normal um, team is, you know, I, you know, I don't know. But everything should be the SFA and UEFA should be going absolutely hell for leather, um, trying to make sure that Ukraine and the Ukraine FA can put some sort of team out um, at the end of the month for us to play. I, I think know. I think one important thing to see here just would be that the Ukraine weeks have got for now mm-hmm. and going to zoom for I think the difficulty is going to be the fact that it's a playoff situation. It can't be postponed. Um, but certainly the biggest thing would be Ukraine can't be penalised. They can't yeah. be not. It's not. It's not anything to do with them that they're not able to play this picture or potentially yeah. not able to play it. So if yeah. there's any, if there's a possibility at all with a game being played, make it happen. I've already heard. Um, I think Aberdeen have offered facilities to Ukraine to train on once they get to Scotland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rod Petrie's been saying stuff as well. My understanding is Poland, the Polish FA. That's what they're known as, but the equivalent, 
they've offered for the Ukrainian league to be played in Poland, but as Josh said, it might be difficult if a lot of players have been conscripted. I think it's worth noting, uh, and it's just a minor thing, they haven't been conscripted. Conscription is a, a legal thing that happens. Uh, they've voluntarily gone into yeah, the forces. Yeah, sorry, I should, yeah, I should, um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a wee different. <laughs> that. See, no, they've not got a choice, I suppose, in terms of what's going on, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all for one. See, see the, um, it's, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, see, for me, obviously, I'm looking at it as a non-Scotland fan here. So I'm going to say it a bit different to like you guys. For me personally, it's, Thinking about how how the Ukrainian sort of players, um, not even just the players, but the staff, everyone in general, the fans, you know, the, the people of Ukraine that are going to be supporting that nation and, and the players that are playing, are they physically going to be up to actually playing the game mentally? Because they're gonna. It's not just a case of yeah, they can turn up. You know, you've got to think of the integrity, like. Um, of the game um, and, and for me I don't feel the game should go ahead um, and that that's a difficult one because it, then where does that leave Scotland where does it leave the integrity of the rest of the games and everyone's saying about I truck Russia out and that but you've got to feel a bit harsh for Russian players because they've done potentially nothing wrong um, it's the, the leader of Russia the Russian public don't want this the majority so you've got it. It's all well and good saying I took Russia out, but you know they don't want this. Surely you know that. Yeah, you know, and it's a bit of a difficult one for them as well. So it's it's a weird situation to be in because it's essentially like a, sort of a, a war that we've you know it's quite a, a big scale thing that never really expected to happen. And like you say, football goes out the window. It's all about you know. Saving people, making sure they're safe, making sure that the right thing's done, and unfortunately that comes before football and anything like we've touched on. But at the same point, football can be and sport in general can be a very um, emotional but bring everyone together sort of prospect, and and it could be a good thing. Um, so you've got to look at it on that side and what you can do to support the Ukrainian people and, and give them the option as to whether they want to play that game or not. And if they do, give them the best support possible that they mm-hmm. can. And like touched on before, um, I think the, the all the proceeds to the game, the tickets, everything, um, should go to the Ukrainian public to support mm-hmm. them as best as possible. And I think even the FIFA should look at um, making changes in there because there's so much corruption going on. Uh, and I feel as a, the Ukrainian, Ukrainian public, when when... You know, Ukraine is in a, bad, a good place again. Is uh, host a future tournament to get the money back into the country yeah. as well? Well, I mean, well, I mean, the the Euros uh, that, that was hosted by Ukraine and Poland was was a total success. Um, I was like, that was a great tournament, and it was by all, by all accounts. I was quite young, so I didn't go to it, but um, but by all accounts, it was a, it was a right success. So, I mean, you know, they've certainly um, had a history of success. You know, of, of successful hosting tournaments. So, I think Martin made an interesting point about Russia. I kind of feel the same about players. A lot of the players obviously have come out and said they're obviously against the war, as we seem to be seeing from most of the media in Russia. In terms of what we're seeing, we're not seeing maybe the Russian media. There will be some people that are in favour maybe of what uh, Putin's doing. Um, I, I kind of feel it's a bit harsh on the players, but maybe they're thinking about safety of other nations. And other nations have said, they've kind of said, or oh, 
we're not going to play them. There was a talk of the neutral venue at first. That was Friday's meeting. Whereas today it's now been said, well, that's Russia and any Russian clubs disqualify from any European tournaments um, or world tournaments for that matter as well. It's the, the closest we've had is like in the 90s, the 92. Um, obviously the situation that was happening in terms of the Baltic states and different things. What happened there, but whatever decision is made whatever decision is made though there's going to be uproar there's going to be um, there's never going to be a right decision in this thing so it's about making the best possible decision that that, that you know is going to have less um, damage limitation in terms of whatever but um, it is going to be a tough one but no we need you know the support I think I think um, if the game goes ahead you know Scott, the Scottish public you know the um, are great in the, in general, and they will support the Ukrainians, and they will make them feel welcome, and they they will do the right thing. So, hopefully, the Scottish FA get behind it as well, and make sure that the right thing does happen if that is the case. Definitely, I mean, sports. I mean, you know, sport can be a good uh, vehicle for social change. You look at how sport was used um, uh, in apartheid South Africa to um, encourage. Um, you know the the um, dismantling of the apartheid regime, um, and and while it's obviously this is a more kind of acute situation with what's happening in Ukraine right now, I think that the the thing with the thing with the the thing with the Russian, I see I see what you're both saying about the players, and it isn't you know it isn't the players' fault, but you know you I mean you look at the night Spartak Moscow released a statement you know condemning the kind of fact that they've been kicked out of of um, whether it's Champions League, Europa League, I'm not sure. Um, but and, and I think well, part of me thinks, yeah, that is a shame for the players. But then I think, well, who owns Spartak Moscow? It's one of Putin's closest friends, um, and oligarchs. So you know that, that I mean, it is you know, like you said, Martin, it's a really tough one. You just hope the best decisions are being taken. But, yeah, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I say, every decision is going to be tough and that but I think I think there's been so much focus on the Ukrainian team football team um, and obviously no one's thought for a minute what the Russians are feeling they, the Russians and the Ukrainians will be neighbours so they'll have friends as well and they'll be you know they, they won't want this as much as anyone um, but it's, it's a question as to whether this like you say going back to what Jeff said this World Cup it's been an absolute nightmare, and it's not just forgetting about what's happened in the Ukrainians. All these people that have died in Qatar, and you know, basically treated as slaves. That's that. Then something in FIFA needs to change because, and, and we all know that the money comes from you know Russia has a big influence in a lot of things, and it's great to see that sport is shutting that down because at first, you know, you see all the stuff in the news about what's happening in Ukraine and how bad it is. But it's great to see all sports building together as one and saying, we're not doing this, we're cancelling all the contracts for this and the other. And, and people are thinking, oh, it's just sport, but it's not because it's a big influence in what happens. And if sport can pull together, you know, hopefully the message will get across in, in some sort of way to stop this from going on. So it's hard, heartbreaking, you know, watching it in the news... I was watching the news the other day and I'm, I'll admit, I was crying watching the news with these kids, you know, just upset them. Like, it's, uh, no one should have to go through it, but especially kids. No kids should have to go through that and suffer from that. 
I guess it'll just be a case of watch this space and see what happens. But hopefully, there's a, a resolution sooner rather than later. Um, yeah, no, definitely. And I mean that with everything. I don't mean the football. I mean the the bigger picture. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, because mentally, it, it must be draining for those people. And fair play to them. You know, you see the the, the videos and that, and I, I don't have some of them put a smile on the face. Do not I? I if you think for a minute, like what it'll be like for us if that happened, and you know, I can't imagine what they, 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 they that leader at the minute who's fighting and putting his, put himself on the streets with you know with everyone neat. That's the sort of leader you want leading your country, and you know he'll go down a hero, and so will all the other people that are putting themselves on the line. You know, I mean. You've got people dropping the kids off on the border and then going back to fight for the country, and they go because I have to. Like it's that's what that's my duty. And I'm like, you know what? That's, that's an honest bunch. Of, that's an honest country. Nice people. You know, you, you sometimes when you when you see that, you sometimes you, you respect other countries more, and you you are grateful and and for what you have. See, when you wake up in the morning and you're having an argument about something, maybe in that day you think, just hold on a minute. Yeah, what else is going on in the world? And it's like you say, there's people more worried about they kind of get a drink or they kind of get to the football. Yeah, you know, just have a think about what other people are going through. There's more to life than football. Yeah, we all get pissed off because we lose. We kind of do this and that, but you've got a roof over your head. You know, you've got money in the bank. You've got a job. Most people, you know, to be grateful for what you have got. Absolutely. And that's a good way to sum things up. Um what we'll do is we'll move on. Uh, we've not done it in the podcast, but the lower league predictions. Actually, we've been doing them off air. Now, I feel that the fact that we've got someone on that supports a championship team, you will need to go for the championship game, Martin. We'll so, pick. yeah, um, come um, on, I got him to Hamilton. Oh, you it? Well, we picked the game, actually. We picked the oh, game. Oh, okay. No, 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 then, no, that's fine. That's and then fine. the scores, I don't know, and it would be fair for you to have to pick Kilmarnock. You have to go with Kilmarnock. Oh, no. That, that would be fair. So let me see what should we go for? Because that, that, that game most folk will think Kamarika went to. We need a score prediction as well in terms of the game. Okay. Yep. So Saturday. Hmm, maybe Queen of the South Martin. Ooh, that's a tough one because I've got a Shrewsbury friend that's a Queen of the South fan, and I've got a pal that's a Norton fan, so don't want to be upset on the apple cart here, but if I'm honest, Queen of the South got a decent win at the weekend, but they've been pretty largely poor all season. Morton are flying at the minute. Where's it at? Is it at Queen of the South? Aye, Queen of the South at home, yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, well, I'm hoping there's more goals than there was last weekend. Can't be hard. <laughs> um, <Aye. laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go uh, for a Morton win again they seem to be on such a good run at the minute you cannot look at um, past them really um, you know they've beaten Partick away kept a clean sheet um, unlucky against Arbroath at home kept a clean sheet so yeah uh, and they're on a good run at the minute so I fancy them to win 2-1 be a close game but they'll have enough about them okay so Morton to win 2-1 right okay League 1 I'm trying to think, right? Out of the three of you, Josh, Jeff, Kyle, who wants League One? Uh, I'll go for League One. I like Queen's right. Park. <laughs> uh, Clyde versus Falkirk. 
Southampton teams. Ah, yeah, it's all right. You don't need to like them. You just need to put it oh, in the score. I really don't like them. Um, that's actually tough because they're both mixed teams. Yeah, they're both they are indeed. Yeah, that's why I usually go for these uh, pictures. I'm going to say, I'm going to say one-one. I think it'll be a draw. I don't. Folk, I know they got a win last week, but I mean, folk like to go on runs of win, of like win, lose, draw, win, win, lose, draw, win. Was that not so, a TV program? Is that not? A, no, that's, win, that's win, a, win, lose or draw. So. They beat East Fife, they then lost to Montrose, they then drew with Queen's Park, they beat Alawell, <laughs> lost Cove Rangers, then drew with Part, uh, Peterhead, they beat East Fife, so it must mean the next one is a little bad. No, this one must be a loss. Nah, I'm going to go... Nah, I'm going to sit to my favourite and go 1-1. One, one. I know I've just read that one stats, it's complete. No, I don't say that, yeah. To what I said, but... Right, okay. Uh, Kyle or Josh, League 2? Kyle, would you want to do the honours, mate? I'll go with Right, okay. I'll let me pick, I'll pick the game. See what I can come up with. Let me see. Um, Still at Albion. Stenhouse Muir. I'll be good. Uh, uh, where is that? Uh, Still at Albion. Uh, and at home. I'll go. I'll go a quick go. I'll go for a good me. A Desmond. Right, we like a Desmond. Okay, so we've got Queen of the South v Morton, 1 2, Clyde v Falkirk 1 0, and Stalin Albion South we are 2 0. To be fair, we got back to 10 9 at the weekend and we picked three draws and we got two out of three, and one was a correct score. So, Aye. Let's get it to 10 all. Put the pressure on Ali Graham. I think. Right. We're going to round it up with some slow fire questions. We like to call them now. John did some slow fire questions last week and he takes a piss out of me about the intro for the guest. The slow fire questions took him about half an hour. So I'm just saying this is what could be happening. Now, based on the roast dinner that I seen you make, Martin, you must like your grub and be pretty, pretty handy around the kitchen. That, oh, was, yeah. that was a fine bit of, bit of meat. Oh, yeah. SFF, 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 UK doctor. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Aaron, and we all like to know this, what is your favourite pie in football? Kelly pie. Well, pie. And it is a Kelly pie. It's not a Kilmarnock pie, it's a Kelly pie. We're going to conclusion that one, will it? Saying that, though, my mate is a Hearts fan and he was at St Mirren. And he had a kebab pie, and that's uh-huh. a game changer. That is a game changer. So I they want to are, taste that. They are the bollocks. I had about four of them. Uh, no, sorry, I had about three of them at the party game uh, when you like to play them. And uh, mm-hmm. I felt that the next day I had too many of them, but it was still mm-hmm. they're good, they're worth it. <laughs> what a pity we're younger than you. No, I, I've been to St Mirren before and we lost 1 0 and I didn't get the kebab pie, so disappointing day out then. We what a pity we're having a good Oh, are you taking us? What's that? The, the, oh, um, we're in the Premiership, we're in the Championship chat. Ah, well, we'll, we'll beat you next year, don't worry about that. 
Easy. We, we, need, we need you to stay where you are so we can have a few points off you next year. Now, I know you like your programmes and you're a bit oh, of a collector. So that's a question from Scott. What do you look forward to the most when going to a game? Pie or a programme? I mean, that's tough. That's got to be a tough question. It's a tough one because, but then it depends how many beers I've had before. Like you can't eat a programme. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but <laughs> but I take my daughter to games now, my five-year-old. So it's a case of I wait till I get home in the evening and have a few beers and drown my sorrows. So, yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, a programme for me is like a, you know, you know what? That's, and that's the thing Kilmarnock don't do anymore. They um, they do a magazine instead. So it's like a monthly magazine. So I, it's a bit of a disappointment because um, yeah, it's all in one. But no, you, you kind of beat a programme. Like, um, I remember the amount of times I've lost them and I go in on eBay to try and get them. <laughs> That's how sad I am. No, it's just my thing. Um, but yeah, pro, a programme just beats a pie. What's the programme that you would love to have but you don't have in your collection? Oh, well, I've got an Arsenal one. I've got a Liverpool one. Like a specific a game, maybe. Maybe a specific game. Oh, if it's a Pacific game, that's a tough one. Um, Some question you've asked. Been to so many games in, in football history. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you you're on about like you're right. Okay, right. Fair enough. Right. Okay. If, you, if you're on about a game, I think to be honest, you've got to. It's got to be the. Um, the World Cup, like the England one, kind of. Jeff, Jeff, what did you get this well, guest? Was that you, Jeff? That got this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, oh, yeah, right. uh, the, the lights break it up. Like, thanks, fella. Uh, <laughs> nice just to see this. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I mean, it's, it's it's iconic. But um if it was picking none of our sides, um I would say man. United against Bayern Munich in 99 because obviously the travel not that I'm a Man United fan or anything but just it's an iconic moment Alex Ferguson all the best players in that era you know it was just an unbelievable side so probably that would be a programme that would be one to have and then from Chris as well do you think the digital age has killed collecting things like programmes and ticket stops oh yeah definitely um, I was actually having a conversation with, this, with someone the other day who collects badges everywhere he goes um, and we were talking about how collecting tickets and I, I used to keep my tickets and wallets for weeks you know you go to a game and you, you open your wallet up months later and you still have tickets in there and then from like yeah so yeah ticket I mean it is, it is I mean it's it's handy and it's it's moving with the times and that and it's great because but then on the flip side of it it's um, again having that programme having that ticket you know it's the whole old sort of yeah, it's just the old feel about it. You feel like you've been to a match. It's proof, um, it's proof isn't it, Martin? You know, what I mean, I've got, I've got um, tickets. I've got tickets from Scotland games from years, from years and years ago that I went to, and that I can let you know, I can go into my drawer and pull out and show and show something and say, "I look, this was my ticket for this game." Uh-huh. Whereas, you know, if I've had an e-ticket, my phone, for example. Uh-huh. Just, you know, it's not the same going through my email history. That's the thing. And you see, see when you pull a ticket out in 20 years' time, it's all tattered. And, and But it's like, it's it's it's, oh, it's yeah. proper history. It's like, and, and people don't get that. But I, I mean, it's, you know, some people do, like yourself. And it's it's great. It's, it's I, I, the amount of times I probably, like, well, I'm a bit bored, not doing anything. I'm just like, 
you know what, I'm going to pull over my cupboard, see what programmes and I'll just pick a random programme and just read it and I'll reminisce on the game. Like, and I was like, oh, that was a shit game. Well, that was a good game. Like. <laughs> be fair, I've still got the ticket stub. From the first okay. Game I went to. I've had the first two games. I've got the ticket stubs for them still and the programme. <laughs> I'm saying that we won't the only disappointment for me feeling boy the fact that I went even boy but the cricket was on my phone. I think I was going to kick it to keep the actual cricket feeling boy. Aye, it's the same for gig tickets. I like going at my gigs, and you used to get like really cool gig tickets. It would be like, yeah, for example, Barlick Oasis. I seen Oasis at Barlick, and it was a picture of the band and all that type of thing. Then tickets get crap. They started changing it just to a generic Ticketmaster date, <laughs> time, and you were like, this is crap. But actually, you know, I missed that because you are just getting a, a QR code. Mm-hmm. Aye, Aye. it takes away the magic sometimes, and um. Yeah, just even even lower league clubs now, it's like it's not even on a ticket, it's like an A4 piece of paper and you scan it and it's like, you know, uh, it just takes away the shine, especially in the FA Cup matches. God, I remember my ticket when we beat Everton at Shrewsbury and it was Wayne Rooney's debut as a um, as a 16-year-old. You kind of like, wow. buy those memories, you know, so, and then Zola played in the next round and it, the ticket's like absolutely tattered, like, so... Uh, uh, I went to, um, I've got a ticket from the 2000 FA Cup final when Villa played Chelsea. And, uh, I can't remember what happened in the final. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember that game because the guy, I remember, that was the first FA Cup final that he'd been to. Villa don't get to many FA Cup finals, to be fair. Uh, but he was complaining because uh, they didn't have a programme, they had a match day magazine, and he was absolutely, <laughs> he was absolutely livid at this, at this some sort of, why are they giving me a magazine? I want a program. <laughs> but um, I think it's a bit sad, really, that you don't get tickets anymore. I mean, my first game that I went to was uh, Worcester City played Kilimanjaro Harriers in the FA Cup preliminary round game in 1996. And then I went to Villa Strongest, uh, Strongest in 97. It was my first ever Villa game. And I've got both end tickets still. And I've got the programs for both games. It's just a bit sad, really, that you don't really get clubs to start getting rid of programs and E-tickets are a bit shit, if I'm honest. And it's even even um, season ticket books. I've still got the season ticket books from like the first uh, to six seasons I had a bit of season ticket. I've got the season book for that still. And obviously nowadays it's a it's a wee it's a wee card that just scan in. Even if, even in the whole end, it's it's a bit shit. <laughs> like you go into this big massive old. You know when you guys must have been in the away end of Parthic Bissell at some point. You know you got the oh, yeah. classic. Classic turnstiles that if you're slightly, yeah. if you're in a t-shirt that's larger than the large, you're not getting through that turnstile. Yeah. So, so like the whole end is still like that, and it's still it's still amazing. It's still really tight. It's just a bit crap in it when you like, you don't get a guy behind the counter giving you like the weird stub back. You just get a, <laughs> like, oh, it's just a bit of an anticlimax. See the ticket thing as well. See when I first started going to juniors, that was a thing I kind of missed the most because when you go into juniors for most grounds, must be every ground. Actually, I don't think I've ever been to a ground but it's not been us. It's a raffle ticket. Aye, aye, if it's a if it's a, a cup game, most of the time you don't, most of the time I don't even get a ticket. You just pay your eight your six um, pound or eight pound or whatever it is, and that's you. 
The only time I've had tickets for Talbot has been if it's been Scottish Cup game. Oh, that Hearts game, I've got a ticket for that. So, so does that. Um, the air game, mo- actually most Scottish Cup fixtures, even for the likes of the, the Junior Cup finals. I need to check back because, again, I keep old tickets and stuff like that. If I've ever had a ticket for going in, you know, mostly it's been at Rugby Park. So you would think they would have the facility to make a ticket. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. actually, I need to double check, check back. But I get the programmes. I, I do like a programme. And like you, Martin, I would go back and read a programme and reminisce about just whatever's in the programme. So, uh, one of the best programmes in Scotland, I think it still is, is Calvin Beef. They kept winning awards for their programmes. Like, yeah. um, Aberdeen these, uh, they get, get a lot of awards as well for theirs. Uh, uh, Shrewsbury programmes are good. They won awards as well in England um, consecutively as well. So I've got a Shrewsbury fan from when they played United in the friendly a few years ago. It's, it's, it's quite weird because I learned in England that like, to, like Villa have programmes, right? but it's just a bloody magazine. It's just full of adverts. It's, it's not as good as it used to be. Yeah, but I've learned that the lower leagues in England are, like, especially down from the champ, not so much the championship. Championship's a bit too, it's almost like the Premier League. It's a bit too copy-ish. Uh, below that, like they're really good, so um, they're like really good to read. And it's just a bit sad that programs have sort of drifted out of our out of our game. Yeah, we need uh, we need to get programs back on the up again and get the ticket stubs up. Someone has a fans in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, I don't know if you've mentioned the fans in Jeff. Uh, I don't think I've mentioned it on here. No, no, I'm still trying to come up with the name. Uh, but yeah, we, we've got a fanzine coming out. Uh, it will first the ep- first episode Jesus Christ the first <laughs> first episode of a fanzine that you will the, the, the oral fanzine it's like it's like it's like a podcast like you use your eyes to use it read it instead and I don't tell you uh, no, we, the plan is for a fanzine which will be out start of May is the target date at the minute so we are currently on the hunt for writers for it and uh, if we paid writing work because I know writers get absolutely rinsed um, for people after free work off you and they never want to pay you. So if you are interested in fanzining, drop me a message on the Twitter and I will try and get you in for this, either this edition or the next one. I'll sponsor for it up quick. Just tell people your um, Twitter handle. Oh, I, I, should have, I should have mentioned that because you might not know it. I um, don't know why you wouldn't know it, but you should. It's, uh, it's JMW1867 by Quince Park. And if you can't remember that, then you can always message us at, at SFF Podcast and we'll pass it on um, to some of us. I'll hopefully be doing articles as well for it. So, Oh, yeah. Anyone's welcome to put a submission in. Um, so, yeah, that's the plan. Do the fanzine. It won't be an expensive fanzine. It'll be a very cheap one. But it's a try and, um, it's a try and basically be like an old school fanzine where it was actually fans and not... You don't have to be an accomplished writer. You don't have to have written a book. You don't have to have written loads of articles. You, doesn't even have to be a massively high word count. It's just um, sharing your story if you've got one that you feel like should be shared. Predominantly about Scottish football, not gonna lie. <laughs> I definitely about Scottish football. There's plenty for other stuff. Scottish football is where it's at. So, is anyone else getting any slow fire questions before we wrap up for Martin? Don't think so. The only one I had was Desert Island Dicks. Ah, go for it. We like it. I think we use this um, one. Desert today. Island Dicks is a good, is a good finale. Um, Martin, Desert Island Dicks, you uh, are on a desert island. You can have three albums, one book, and one DVD 
uh, of a, any 90-minute football match or any football match in history. Oh, you've changed that. I like how you've changed it with the football match. That's yep, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Football that, podcast, get with your football one in. The only the problem so... we came up the problem we came up with last week though is right, we're gonna have the three albums, but nothing to play it on. At least no, the he's, got a, he's the, the right, so Islands got those facilities. Have they? I finish off this <laughs> and we'll go, what all um Stone Roses. Stone Roses self self titled the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um got Kasabian in there. Yeah, debut album. Yeah, Love and okay. oh, I don't know. Got probably Oasis. Yeah, I think Oasis. Those three. Um, a book. The the one that I purchased out of Jeff. Yeah, I'll take that one. Scott was lucky. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a bit. What a guess. Redeemed himself. Redeemed himself. You can come back yeah. now. from all that England, <laughs> Germany chat, West Germany. <laughs> And then a 90-minute football match. Yeah, come on at Connor's Key. Mr. End of all. Oh, that's a tough one. Probably come on at getting to Europe and beating Rangers there. I'll go with that. Any match off? No, oh, and then you have Steve Clark just his interview on repeat. Yeah. Bye, bye, Rangers. That should be our end titles. Bye, bye, public. <laughs> <laughs> but that, um, to, be, to be fair, that is one of the ultimate. Um, that's one of the ultimate ultimate mask slips, isn't it? And, and, and what I mean is, it's 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 one of the ultimate moments where a, a professional manager just lets his his real character show in front of everybody. Uh, know that do you know what I mean? And rather than keep professional. Um, uh, it's one of the ultimate moments of. I think he just forgot that he was he was surrounded by uh, the cameras and all that. The one, the one, I, the one I would want to live is um, our last match at the Game Meadow uh, for Shrewsbury, just because it's history. Cool. Um, it wasn't really a special game as such, but it was just the meaning of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a you great souvenir. Day. Did you get a souvenir from the stadium? Yeah. What you got? Ten star. No. Take a full Honestly, I did get a souvenir. I got a piece of turf. Aye. That's, a That's cool. Aye. Quite late. Right. I remember when, uh, I know it's a little bit off topic, I remember when, you remember when West Ham moved out of Upton Park mm-hmm. and they auctioned off loads of stuff. I had a, there's a guy that I used to work with who was a massive West Ham fan and he, he's, he spent a grand and a half on the food ordering sign above <laughs> one of the food kiosks. <laughs> <laughs> Just had the pints. Prices of a pint and a hot dog and something called a West Ham dog. Don't know what that is. Don't really, really want to know. <laughs> you spent a grand and a half on this piece of plastic and it's, it's, like, it's like eight foot long and about three foot high. And it's missus. I went, you're going to put that? Like, I'll put it in the living room. <laughs> not, not a chance. Kyle, do you have any slow fire random questions for Martin before we finish? The more random, the better. Okay, here we have a banging Kamala question I want you to get an opinion. Right, okay. Um, so, man, you can't wrap up your situation. Right. 
and a funny one for me because he doesn't see me pop on the back of him when he went to Mark. But now obviously back working with that whole situation. All right, okay. So so when he when he left and then obviously come yeah. back. Yeah. Um it was it's a bit like you just accept Kyle Lafferty for what he is. Um he's always gonna do that. Um he, he's done that in his career, he's not stayed at one club for long and I suppose he's always there for the money, but he's he did the business for us and he's doing it again. So as long as he gets us promoted and then obviously he'll be playing in Singapore next year, then that's fine. That'll do me. And on that note, what is your favourite drink that Kyle Lafferty turns you to? Because <laughs> <laughs> we cannot have a podcast finish on Kyle Lafferty. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with a percentage. Mouthwash, <laughs> windyline. No, um, if I'm gonna go, if I'm if he, if I'm gonna go for a nice, a nice one, I'd, yeah, I'd go for a Peroni or a Biamaretta, nice Italian. But right, nice like that, like that. It's man after my own heart. good choice. Uh, Italian style. Yep. Can't go wrong with that. Right, I think we will wrap it. Thank you, Martin, for coming on. Um, if folk want to follow you on Twitter and socials, what's your handle? Yeah, Salopi and Kelly. Two clubs, one love. Yes, and we will share that anyway when the podcast goes out. We've shared it earlier. Um, so by the time the podcast is out, folk will have heard the podcast and love. Yeah, so you know uh, what I mean. No, I've really enjoyed <laughs> the chat. It's been a good laugh. Um, it's yep. been good as always. Um, so yeah, no thanks. And if you need me again, obviously give us a shout. I that'd be good. Definitely. Right. Cheers, Martin. Thank you. Cheers, Cheers. everyone else. Bye. Cheers.